Jesus came. We're talking about why Jesus came. Jesus came to be a ransom for many, to seek and save the lost. Jesus came to help us all to understand that our salvation is not through human effort, but it is through the effort that God has put in. It is through faith in Jesus Christ, based on what he has done for us, not based on what we do. Really an important point. And when you read the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, it is clear that God understands that people struggle with that. People are always going to struggle with that. We're always going to struggle with it's our effort that matters. And it's not. It's, it's what God has done for us that matters. So you can relax. You can be still and know that he is God. You can understand that what he did for us on the cross, it is the thing. And we do not have to work for it. Now, not only is that true of salvation, but that is also true of how we live life here on this side of eternity, okay? Now, today, in a roundabout way, we are going to present, I'm going to try my best to present to you that one of the reasons that Jesus came was so that his people would be able to live beyond circumstances. Live beyond circumstances. Live beyond life's confusion, life's manipulations, life's deceptions, politics, chaos, tribulations, headaches, setbacks, that Jesus over circumstances. Now, man makes life far more complicated than it needs to be. People in power make life far more complicated than it needs to be. One of our struggles is always with people in power. Always there's going to be a struggle with that because people are flawed, people are crazy, people are messed up. And people that get in seats of power that, that influence how life is, they're, they're causing troubles for us. And they're always going to cause troubles for us. And it's really important that we learn to be a follower of Christ means he is king. He has established his kingdom, which is different than the world's kingdom. And he came to share truth, right? That's what we're going to ultimately get to today. But along the way, we, we are discovering as the Christian life goes on that one of the real true benefits of the Christian life is Jesus over circumstances. Jesus always over circumstances. Now, sometimes we live with circumstances over Jesus, right? Circumstances, problems, trials, cancers, illnesses, economic problems, inflation. Went to the grocery store the other day. I mean, good gosh. I mean, it's nuts. Bought the cheapest gas I, I bought in a long time yesterday, two forty nine. And I was excited about $2.49 for the life of me. How in the world could that be? And so Jesus over circumstances mean those circumstances, inflation and a worldly economy, 
that is difficult for us these days. And God's economy, trend, you know, it, it is far over the world's economy. And, and Jesus does far more with a dollar than, than anyone does, governments, people included, that we, have, we need to grow to the place in our life that it is Jesus over circumstances for the abundant life and for the victorious life. And that's one of the reasons Jesus came, so that his people would be able to have a power that allows them to have Jesus over circumstances. So let's make our way through this. i got lots of scripture to read today and comment on, and I'll, I'll try to go very quickly through this. John chapter 18, verse 1. First lesson for us. Now, this is the trial that Jesus went through. If you were a neutral party alive when Jesus was going through this trial, if you just show up to Jerusalem, and in Jerusalem you hear about what is taking place with this Jesus, prophet, not a prophet. He says he's the son of God. People are really upset with it. And people in power, they're, they're just... They're incensed. They're beside themselves with, with what is taking place. And, and they see Jesus as the number one problem, number one issue. And he's got to be done away with, right? And so people in power are, are at work to get rid of Jesus. And so if, if you were objective and you were talking to his believers and if you were talking to a Pharisee about this situation, I, I really think that you would take all those different issues and different opinions and positions that people are having, and you would say, this is really messed up. This is not right. They're, 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 this is just crazy. And, and it, would be, it would be a horrible thing. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus... And you don't know the resurrection yet, right? You, you don't know that it's the plan of God to die on the cross. It's the plan of God for Jesus to die on the cross. You would be just, you might be like Peter and deny the Lord. You, you might be like the rest of the disciples is, is fulfillment of prophecy, by the way, but they scattered, they ran away. Now, you, you might be like John that stays with Mary the whole way through. What a tough cat that is. John, tough, tough as nails, and, and, and willing to be there with Mary through the cross and all those things. And if, if you were one of the Lord's disciples, maybe not the 12, but maybe the 120 that would be uh, gathered together in the upper room uh, before Pentecost, maybe you would go, life is over. Life has no meaning. This is horrible. This is unfair. This is this is injustice at its highest form. You, you would struggle greatly in life with circumstances over Jesus. So let's see what we can do here. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook, brook of Kidron. He just left the Last Supper, right? This is Thursday evening before he's put on the cross on Friday, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. Now, Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place where Jesus often met with there with his disciples. This is the Garden of Gethsemane. This is the Garden of the Olive Grove. Jesus went there a lot. That's pretty cool. And, and so Judas knew where to go. 
Now, the whole Judas thing, man, you would think as that objective party, neutral in all things, you would go, how in the world would he allow Judas to be with him? How in the world, with Jesus knowing all this stuff and, and being with this guy for three years, how in the world would you allow him to be part of the group, right? But Jesus did because it's Jesus over circumstances. And the plan of God is being fulfilled in the midst of nothing but crazy. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, that's nuts, isn't it? Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, goes forward with it. And, and he asked, whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them when Jesus said to them, I am he. They drew back and fell to the ground. There's a power they know nothing about. So he asked them again, whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. All right. They can't get quite to it. It's very awkward, isn't it? <laughs> them boys are scared. That Roman guard, that, that, that uh, temple guard, rather, they're scared about what's about to take place. There's a force, there's a power at work that, boy, it's just, it's knocking their socks off. And he said, I told you that I am he, so if you seek me, let these men go. Talking about his disciples. This was to fulfill the word that the Lord had spoken of those whom you gave me. I lost not one. Then Simon Peter, good old Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. Sharp sword. Pretty sharp. Jinsu knives, right? Struck his ear and cut that man's right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put up your sword into its sheath. And here's a real important lesson for us. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? My assignment is to suffer. My assignment is to experience injustice. My, my role is to die a horrible death for the benefit of others. So in the midst of what we would believe is circumstances that are totally unfair, totally illegal, by the way, by the own Jewish customs and laws, Jesus is obviously over circumstances. Verse 12, Annas. Interesting situation between Annas and Caiaphas. Annas was the high priest from about six after uh, six after A.D. and about 15 A.D., long before Jesus came to do his ministry. Caiaphas is his son-in-law. Now, Annas has been out of the official business for a long time, but obviously Annas is a man of great influence and great power, because they go to Annas first. Now, in Alito, uh, there have been rumors of a few people that have all the power, right? 
You don't go to the mayor. You don't go to a city councilman. You go to whoever these mystical people are that have all the power. It was true in San Angelo as well. When I was a kid, I often heard about this inner group of men that would meet at the Central National Bank about once a week, once a month rather, and, and, and nothing happened in that town, not, not with the mayor, the councilman, any other leaders or any other power brokers in there, if it didn't pass through these men first. They're the people of power. They're the people of influence. Annas obviously is one of those men, right? The Rockefellers, you know, all these people that you've heard rumors of, of the people that's really in charge of our country, right? You know, the, all those people from the Kennedys and the Rockefellers, and, and I guess today it'd be the Bezos, it'd be the Bill Gates fella, and, and uh, they don't like Elon anymore, so they kicked him out. So it'll be somebody else along the way. But Annas is the guy that you've got to go to first before you even go to Caiaphas, who is the acting high priest at the time. So Annas is a guy of great power. So the band of soldiers and their captives and their officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they led him to Annas. For he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who advised the Jews that he would be expedient, that one man should die for the people. So you see here, politics at its finest, or perhaps you could say politics at its worst. Go to Annas first and, and make sure that he's okay with what's about to happen. And then we'll go to Caiaphas. Because Caiaphas did not have as much influence on the major issues that than he had more than, uh, Annas had more than Caiaphas. Interesting, just a few chapters back, we see that unknowingly uh, Caiaphas prophesied the death of Jesus. And, and, and this is brought back up here in verse 14. The word expedient is an interesting word here. It means an activity that may not be good. But it's expedient that we do this. It may not be the right choice. It may not be the right thing to do. But it's what needs to happen for the circumstances that we're in. And so it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Think about that for a moment. That blows your mind, doesn't it, when you realize that that's exactly what happened with the death of Christ. One man must die for the death of people. Caiaphas had no idea when he prophesied that, that he was indeed prophesying that. He was just thinking about a way to bring about, a, 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 to, to cease the political and the religious fervor, uh, the conflict, the struggle that was going on because of Jesus. And, you know, we put this behind us if we just take one man and kill him for the rest of the people being Jesus. He was, in his mind, he was sowing the seed of what needed to happen. And so in that political thing, don't they, they sow a seed? We say today, they raise a flag, they throw out a balloon to see what people are going to say about that idea, and that helps them determine whether or not they move forward with that idea. And then we've got Simon Peter in the midst of that, which Simon Peter learned Jesus over circumstances, but at this point in his life, it is not Jesus over circumstances for him. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus 
into the courtyard of the high priest, Caiaphas' house. But Peter stood outside the door, so the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, you, are, you, you also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I'm not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter, was, Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. Peter was obviously subdued, maybe the word, duped, maybe the word, trapped, maybe the word, overcome with fear, probably is the accurate description of this, because it was circumstances over Jesus. He didn't respond well. He fulfills the prophecy. He has said, Peter, you're all, you know, so outspoken and, and so high-minded that you can whip anybody. You're going to take everything. I mean, you drew the sword out there in the guy, and you went after his head, and you missed his head, and you got his ear. So you, you're not all that in a bag of chips. And he says, by the way, you'll deny me three times for the rooster crows in the morning. And obviously, that's what takes place. So the next thing of circumstances over Jesus is found in verse 19. The high priest then questioned Jesus, this is Caiaphas, about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I'm on record, in other words. I have always taught in the synagogues and the temple where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I've said to them. They know what I've said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand saying, Is this how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him out bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now, Simon Peter was standing and warming himself, so they said to him, you are also not one of the disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, it's a small group, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once the rooster crowed. So here he is now before Pilate. Pilate's the Roman ruler. Okay? Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning that his cells did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled. Can't go in that Gentile courthouse. So they could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. See what's going on? We can't get by with us putting him to death, but them Romans kill people all the time. And so they're literally trying to trap Pilate in a situation where he will put Jesus to death. 
This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So these circumstances, they're unfair. It's manipulation. It's politics at its worst. It's chaos. The circumstances are, are horrible, yet God can be seen. That is true of all of our circumstances. You may be between a rock and a hard place. You may be in a situation where the powers that be are making life miserable for you in some way. It may be that your life circumstances is full of injustice. It may be completely unfair. And, and being objective about it, you look at your situation and go, what is going on in my life is completely unfair, not right. And in the midst of all those circumstances that are upside down, not good, not right, not, not you know, not uh, righteous at all, man, if you will observe, if you will sit quietly and listen and watch, you may see God clearly at work because God is at work in the worst of circumstances. God is at work here in, in, in all this nonsense, in this cruelty, in, in, in this man's worst. God's at work. True for all our circumstances. So it's easier to say Jesus over circumstances. So verse 33. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that. So what he's saying here is, of course, look, if my kingdom were like your kingdom, if my kingdom were like the kingdom of the Pharisees, I would not have surrendered so easily. I would have fought you at every turn. Matter of fact, all of my followers would now have swords in their hands and there would be a riot. There would be a battle. There would be a war. But he said... My kingdom is not like this kingdom. My kingdom is not like the world. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. He said, I'm not fighting it. I'm surrendered to it. It's the will of God. It's the plan of God. And so right here in the midst of all this political maneuvering, Jesus is fulfilling his assignment. And it's an assignment that changes the world. He says, so I was born for this purpose. I have come in the world. Christmas, Christ Mass. The reason why we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate Jesus coming in the world. He says here, I was born and for this purpose, I have come into the world to establish his kingdom, to be king. And then he says, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens 
my voice. So the great lesson here for us, Jesus over circumstances, is number one, Jesus is king. He's king. And he surrendered. He is king. He is Lord of all. And he gave in. He gave up. He surrendered to the will of the Pharisees and the will of the Romans. He made it easy for Pilate. He made it easy for the Pharisees because it was the plan of God. He did not fight those circumstances. Things eternally were established because of those circumstances. It's a different perspective on circumstances. It's a different idea about it. And, and that's important for us as believers to learn along the way as we follow Jesus. We've got to look at circumstances differently than we might be accustomed to do. And the reason why we can look at circumstances differently is because Jesus is king, his kingdom is different, and he came to give truth. Now, Pilate said to him, as a response to Jesus telling him why he came, Pilate said, what is truth? What is truth? Well, he's already given the truth. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? It's expedient that one man should die for the people. Jesus came to establish his kingdom. Jesus is king, and he came to bear witness of the truth. It's very clear in this story of his trial and example that it was messed up. It was just unjust from one thing to another. Jesus hadn't done anything wrong. He had not violated any law. He had not broken any rules. But it was get the man and then find out what he did wrong. They were trying to pin something to them. And, and when they struggled with trying, finding something to pin on him, then they said, we'll, we'll just outmaneuver Pilate and we'll get this accomplished. You see, they had messed up the truth the Jews had, the Old Testament people had. You see, today, what the Old Testament teaches, the New Testament teaches, is the same about salvation, about being right with God. The sacrifices and the special days were to be done by faith, just like our salvation is by faith. Our salvation in what Jesus did for us on the cross is by faith. So when you went to the temple for the Day of Atonement, it was to be done by faith. The works that you did with that offering was a result of your faith, just like today. Works had replaced faith, and Jesus came to rescue that. The truth had become messed up, and man had taken matters into his own hands and missed the day of the visitation of God to them. Jesus, the King, the establisher of his kingdom and the presenter of all truth. So, your world may be upside down. Your world may be much like this world that Jesus finds himself in with Pilate, with Caiaphas and Annas, with the Pharisees 
in the situation. Unbelievable that we read in verse 38, after he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, Pilate says, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. What an interesting custom, by the way. So you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out, not this man. They didn't say he wasn't the king. They said, not this man, but Barabbas. Oh, my. Nothing more messed up than that. Barabbas was a robber, a thief. The plan of God was implemented in complete, just crisis, chaos, just, it was messed up. And Jesus shows up and doesn't fight and just surrenders and says, I've got to drink the cup of my father. I've got to fulfill the assignment and went through the process and the people chose to kill him and have a thief be released. Jesus over circumstances. Learn that. Christmas is about Jesus over circumstances. We can live beyond man's issues. We can live beyond man's craziness. We can have victory regardless of what's going on. We can rejoice in in any situation because Jesus is king. Now, Peter didn't know that yet. That's why he denied the Lord. But afterwards, man, he is all that he thought he was. He is powerful. He is bold. And he is Jesus over circumstances. I hope the Lord speaks to you today and helps you see about one of the reasons why Jesus came. He loves us that much that he came so that we would have a power That is Jesus over circumstances. May we all submit to Jesus our King. Heavenly Father, may your will be done today. We pray, God, that you will speak to our hearts and that, Lord, that we will learn that you are more powerful than anything any of us are going through and that we would choose Jesus our King over circumstances. Usher, please come forward.